0: God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time, and this is better than those things. Four weeks left in the regular season. The race for the playoffs is tight. The race for the Sacco is tight, and we're here to talk about it, or I'm here to talk about it. I'm your host, 2018 champion Andrew Gelblatt, and I'm joined today by no one as unfortunately due to scheduling conflicts and travel and our co-host moving into his brand new home, it's just gonna be me today. So gonna probably be a quick episode, but I know the people want it. I'm gonna give the people what they want and I'm just gonna dive into it and give it my all, guys. So hopefully, I don't know what the audio is gonna be like on this. I'm just recording on my phone from a hotel room in Boston. Gonna do my best and just go from here. So going into last week, A lot of important games, people pretty much make or breaking, whether they're going to be in that tier of playoff contention or SACO contention. And it feels like as the weeks go on, we have clearer and clearer defined lines as to where those teams go. But let's just dive into this. The first matchup I have is Dane against Bryan. Dane wins 116-61. to uh, just just an overall strong performance from a team that, you know, I think if my co-host was here, he would say we've been ranking fairly high all season. Jalen Hurts with a great game. CeeDee Lamb. We were at Lambeau Field for this game with a fantastic game. Hate to see Jerry Judy getting hurt, but, you know, it's impressive that he's putting up this score, uh, even with T. Higgins out. So putting out a big win. On the flip side, if you're Brian, you're probably in panic mode right now. Cooper Cup injured. Leonard Fournette, Hurt, might be losing that role, even though he, you know, it's it, before it was probably a 60-40 split. It's probably going to be 60-40, 70-30 the other way, with Rashad White taking the lead on that backfield. Cowboys defense not doing too much, and uh, lucky for Brian, right? I mean, he pulls out six wins early off in the season when his team was on fire. Lamar was on fire weeks one through three, but he's probably in panic mode right now. I mean, he does not have a lot of star power with Cooper Cup now out. Uh loses a lot of that 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 really that that fighting ability to have three guys putting up a lot of points. And it's funny I actually I offered Brian a trade the other day. I was going to offer him Cooper Cup for DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and just try to get an overall upgrade, but luckily I did not do that, which would have been, you know, tough for me. And then, you know, just to touch back on on Dane's team, it's great. You know, 116 I think I might have been giving him a little too much credit when I first talked about this matchup. 116 is not that impressive of a score. Uh, It's tough to see both your running backs, who I would say he probably has the best running back duo in our league right now. There's probably some people you can make contention to that, but I think eckler ETN looks like really the the bright spot of this team. tough to see a combined 18 points from them, 19 points, but, you know, it's a win's a win. Goddard gets hurt also, so you know, a lot of of end-of-year injuries, which I feel like is very rare, especially in the tight end position. We'll keep talking about that. But great win by Dane, especially in a division where, you know, he's trying to race me to the top right now and really earn that wild card spot. Next up, we've got Russell against Wyatt. Oh, nope, I messed up. Hopefully I'm still here. Uh, we got Russell against Wyatt, a must-win game for Russell to kind of keep out of that sack contention and talk. Wyatt in a must-win game as he's in a tough division. I mean, look, Brian's team's in shambles right now, but Wyatt technically is behind him in the standings, and he needs to get that playoff spot. So Wyatt loses 101-99, to two pretty unimpressive scores, but Russell kind of ekes out a win against a team that I, I still rate pretty highly. Uh, On Russell's side, you know, Gino being Gino, Saquon with a monster game, Brian Robinson with a nice touchdown, but the receivers, Juju gets hurt, uh, and his receivers really do not shine. On the flip side for Wyatt, you know, Josh Jacobs still being that RB1 hero that we didn't think he was going to get from this team. He does have Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow on bye, which is obviously a huge loss, but for a team that we've been talking about all season, having this great depth, being able to make up for bye weeks and is being injured uh, tough to see a loss when you know you got to kind of put your uh put put the put, put everything on the table and put your money where your mouth is that's what I was looking to say so unfortunately for Wyatt loses 99 to 101 as I look at Wyatt's team then moving forward Diggs obviously an absolute monster but the big thing to highlight here is Zach Ertz who I believe just looking right now was the number five tight end on the season, similar to the, the his brother, the Williams brothers, having unfortunate tight end luck. You know, out for the season, doesn't really have much of a backup. I know he picked up Ho- Jawan Johnson off the bench, who had been pretty pretty good, you know, needing the, t- the touchdowns to really show his worth in that poor Saints offense. But we look at White's team. He's still in a good position to make the playoffs, but this was a tough loss to a team that I think nine out of ten times we thought he would have beaten going to our next game we had corals against nate again and it feels like going into week 11 all these games were so super, super important uh nate in a division race that's ex- that was extremely tight everyone at 3 and 6 uh corals really trying to hold on to that first place in their division though while with a league lead you know we know we're not calling them phony per se but they are a team that has had some lucky games where they maybe shouldn't have won with some of the lowest points for in the league. I think they actually have the least points for in their division. Looking at Coral's team, you know, Trevor Lawrence finally made the right start with Lawrence over Dak, barely. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, that reduced role was kind of scary to see and then come outwardly saying they're going to split 50-50. Uh, probably hoping for a big playoff push from Christian McCaffrey is is a tough look. Donta Foreman, who I'm just regretting every day trading with a monster game against the Falcons, though. Uh, and his receivers, who we had been touting all season, uh, just not coming up to play. Ten points for D.K. Metcalf, four points for Amari Cooper. Michael Pittman, you know, great to see Matt Ryan's back, but it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Jeff Wilson, though, on his bench, 25 points. Looks like he's going to be the dominant back in Miami, so great, great. Pick up as we look back to the start of the season, spending a lot of fab on Jeff Wilson. i Think it's going to come to fruition for Corals if they can play him in the right spot. And Damian Pierce was just a, a tough game, ten points. Looking at Nate's team, though, you know, 100, again, this is another matchup where one thirteen to one oh seven. You know, you, a win's a win. 113s is a win, but you really want to be in that one twenty range consistently. Uh, looking at his team, Dalvin Cook really saved his day with, uh, I think, he had an eighty yard touchdown. So. You know, really salvaging his fantasy day with that. Outside of that, I'm not sure he would have done much. Terry McCorn, which is a monster game against Philly Monday night. Tyler Higby now looking like a tight end one in this tight end wasteland. And a great pickup by Nate. And you got Josh Allen being Josh Allen, unfortunately, with the picks. You know, uh, d- decreases his ceiling a little, or sorry, uh, decreases his floor. But uh, obviously, Josh Allen is Josh Allen. So, you know, great win for Nate. How to do it, and especially with how the rest of the games went this week, it was a huge win for him. Next up, we had Noah against Caniglio. Noah almost—I guess not almost—basically doubling Coniglio's score, one fifty-six to seventy-four. Uh, we look at the hero of the waiver wires and the the, po- the back half of the season. Justin Fields, 45 points, consecutive 45 point performances from your quarterback makes me wish that I spent tried to uh, bid more than nine dollars, even though I really wanted him. Aaron Jones with a great game, we were there for that, and then his receivers finally coming to show. You know, Godwin Pickens with some solid performances, Cole Kmet uh, being that tight end hero that we criticized Noah for. He. Picked him as a backup, for those who don't remember, to Kyle Pitts, though they both had the exact same bye week. He actually traded up in the draft and grabbed Cole Komet over DeAndre Hopkins, which, I mean, Hopkins looks like he might be hurt with something with a hamstring, and so who knows, maybe that was the right pick. Though I guess he ended up dropping him anyway, and he could have probably got him in a later round. But anyway, Singletary with a solid game. So, you know, overall for Noah, 156 points. I think this this is is the this is the get-right get game that he needed coming out of last week, where, you know, while he did beat Brian last week, I think a lot of us were skeptical given how he beat Brian with, you know, forty five points from fields, and then I think everyone else on his team had under ten. So really just a get right game for Noah. Again, been my number seven team for a while in Pine Power rankings hasn't changed, but just, just just exactly where he needs to be and an important win, you know, given what's going on with his division. Caniglio, tough loss, would have would have not really beat any team, I don't believe, this week. Maybe one or two teams I have to look what is it, sixty points he would have beat. Would it be Brian? He would have just beaten Brian, so chances are he loses this week. And it's tough given that Corals loses. Caniglio wins here. He's only one game back from first place in his division, so only four weeks left for him to make up some ground. Next up, and probably the shocker of the week, you have Siler against Lee. Lee pulling out a big win, one twenty-two to one hundred nine, to you know really make sure he stays out of the stacker convent- convention. Uh, wow, conversation. But also, I mean, Lee's now tied for first place in his division. You got huge game from Patrick Mahomes, great game from Devontae Adams, and then just solid performances. Eh, actually, you know what? That's an oversight. Not solid performances. Najee Harris, 9 points, 10 points. Kareem Hunt, 2 points. Uh, he's really got to figure out this RB2 situation. I don't think he can just continue to start Kareem Hunt or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, definitely not Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, if I'm Lee, honestly, Lee, I don't know. You got to go to someone, trade Devontae Adams for, like, Take a downgrade in wide receiver and just get any kind of running back that can fill that gap. You, you need the points. You can't hope for Devontae Adams. <laughs> Basically, what you're hoping every week is that Devontae Adams scores enough points to for both a running back two and a wide receiver two. And I think you can get a higher combined score if you were to get a lower tier wide receiver. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy, maybe a, a Godwin, right, who's scoring 14, 15 points, and then some sort of running back that's getting eight, nine points a week. Uh, it's just a little bit more consistent that way. So, but but big win for Lee keeps him in the playoff conversation and also hopefully out of the sack of conversation. For Siler on the other end, 109 points, Tua with a good game, stuck starting both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, who both do get touchdowns, but, you know, splitting 20 points between two guys is never what you want to be doing in a backfield. Receivers, just a tough game. Kelsey, you know, being Kelsey and, 109 points, not really much he could have done on his bench anyway. So Siler, you know, making a while having the most points in his division, unfortunately, is having to fight for his life for the Sacko, which would be a insane storyline given that he was the Sacco last year, then won the championship, and now might be the Sacco again. So I don't know if it's worth the up and down. I, I would imagine from a cost analysis, uh, now that the punishment is just this PowerPoint I'd be willing to do a PowerPoint every year if it meant the next year I won $1,000 and and just kind of go through that cycle, but that's just me. And then last up, you had myself against Scott in what was meant to be the marquee matchup of the week. Uh, Just an absolute pouncing by me of Scott, 161 to 92. Not much he could have done here. Uh, He (laughs) kept on texting me calling it a Jared Goff revenge game against my team. You know, Jimmy G, 16 points, 17 points, Chubb, 13 points. And then it was just my receiver show. It was uh, 24, uh, 20, uh, 34 by Justin Jefferson, 32 by Christian Kirk, 20 by Amon Ra. I mean, my receivers were on point there. And then with no Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard actually gets to play football, uh, 24 points. And, you know, I think, again, I, I've said on the show before, the way I feel about my team is this is the highest ceiling team I've ever had. But I worry about the floor of my team, and I think my floor is just low enough where I can't be a lock-and-loaded win every single week. Uh, for Scott, you know, just uh, tough. He had Ramondre Stevenson on by, James Robinson on by. Uh, James Conner, though, fills in 24 points. Don't get a classic Denry Henry game, only 7 points. Receivers don't really show, and that's just really that. It's an unfortunate game for Scott, but being 7-3 and three in his division should already be in line for a— Playoff spot if he does whether he wins the division or not. So, looking at standings, we've got in the former champs division, like I mentioned, corals is in first with a two game lead over Caniglio. Though, as I said before, from a points for standpoint, you have them at the lowest in their division. I guess by a point, so it's not really that that drastic. But Siler's up hundred points on them, so tough for Siler. Uh, In my division, you have me in first with a two-game lead over Dane, looking like we'll be two teams in the playoffs. Russell, five games back, uh, basically out of contention for the division, but I guess technically still has a shot at the wild card spot. Empty trophy case division, you have, what is the tightest race with, I guess not the tightest, the second tightest race, uh, with seven wins with Scott, Brian with six, Wyatt with five. And then in Lee's division, what is an absolute... Insane race is all three teams sitting at four and six. And what's crazy is that in the last few weeks, that's when you play everyone in your division. At least I believe that's how it works now. So there's going to be some crazy division games with insane implications. But looking at points four, you know, Noah sitting at the second least points four, followed by Lee and Nate with a not as firm lead over Noah as he once had, only up 60 points, which can easily be made up over the last four weeks. So crazy crazy matchups going on crazy races and just excited to see how things keep going i'm going to be totally transparent here when it comes to waiver wire i am no good at seeing kind of how many bids people put in or 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 whatnot i'll go over what were some of the bigger moves so let's see so if i look over here you know we got tyler conklin in this tight end wasteland 21 dollars. You got christian watson obviously the big gain and you know we had a solid game on thursday so maybe not crazy from russell 41 dollars. i think brian texted us saying that he thought he was going crazy for putting like 38 dollars in for for watson and he was going to get outbid uh commander's defense for three juan johnson or juan johnson uh from wyatt you know picking up two tight ends to figure out who's going to fill in that spot i mean you got to look ahead it makes a lot of sense You've got Dane take getting Foster Moreau, who was someone I was targeting with the possible Gerald Everett injury. And then looking through, I don't see any huge waiver buys, but I do see Nate grabbing Odell for $0. So that might pan out for him as well. And that's your waiver wasteland. Gelblatt's waiver wasteland. We're all wasted. Man, this one-win show is tough. So Siler actually put in his power rankings. So I figured, let me go through Siler's power rankings, and I'll give any feedback I have, though he didn't sort it. So let me just sort it really quickly for him. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, hope everyone's doing well today. Hope everyone is, has some good plans for Thanksgiving. Going to be with your friends and family. All right, so looking at... Oh, nope, I wanted to sort by week 11, which is column L. Format data isn't I've never heard more exciting podcasting than listening to someone do Excel. So looking at his power rankings starting at the bottom, and I think he's uh he's being a little harsh with his rankings. The so number 12 he has himself. I don't know if I'd put him that far down, as I think his ceiling is a lot higher than some of the other teams, and he's had some tough injuries, but that is fair. He is in currently the worst record is he in last place right now i have to double check he is sitting at three and seven i mean he's tied with russell at three and seven and russell has a significant uh, lead in the points for department lead in terms of for sacco uh, at only a thousand fourteen points while Siler is sitting at one thousand one hundred and forty two so you know I don't know if I fully agree with that. He has Russell at 11. I would might swap them in my power rankings. Um, but, you know, he has, uh, he has that. Going into number 10, he has... Sorry, I have to go to mine. He has Lee. To me, I think Lee has a worse team again than Russell or Siler. Again, Siler will probably say something in line of, well, you know, he's a better record. I don't think that really matters, and I I almost feel like I have to say it because I say it every week. But he has two guys. He doesn't have enough firepower to to compete. At least Russell and Siler have guys with some high, like multiple guys with higher ceilings. You know, they have the two guys kind of like Lee has in Mahomes and Adams. They each have two guys that have you know fairly high ceilings. You know, need, uh, Russell has Saquon, and we'll have Jamar Chase soon, and Siler has. Uh, what's his name, Tua has a fairly high ceiling along with Kelsey, but I think they just have better supporting pieces. So I, I disagree there. Uh, he then has Brian at nine. I actually agree with this. You know, Brian has kind of fallen from grace in week six, I see here, went from number one to three to five to six to six to nine. I could actually argue that you put Brian at number 12, just given the situation with a lot of his players. It's It's not looking good. It's not... It's not something I would want to be working through right now. And if I was Brian, you know, maybe you try to trade some pieces just to just salvage a better team. I mean, even with the team he had after Brees Hall got got hurt, he still has no flex. And to me, you can have a great... The the flex is such an important part of your piece and it's such a defining, differentiating uh, option that you bring to a team that just seeing the players that he's starting there is is just really tough at eight he has caniglio and seven nate i would actually swap those i would have nate at eight more so because it rhymes than anything else but also uh, i do think with mark andrews coming back caniglio's team is going to make a little bit of a resurgence. You know, Jonathan Taylor now has Matt Ryan, so there's actually some press. So, as futile as it might be to pass the ball in Indianapolis, there's actually some threat of passing. So they can't just stack the box against him. And he's getting healthier. Herbert's getting healthier. Waddle, AJ Brown, Mark Andrews. I mean, it's everything we liked about his team at the start of the year, just now coming back together. So. I would have Coniglio above Nate, though I do think Nate's team with his running backs, Kenneth Walker, Dalvin Cook, like, that's a great combo there. His wide receivers just don't don't give me that little oomph to put him above Nate. He's got Corals at five, and I gotta take a water break because my, my mouth is literally like the Sahara Desert. So sorry about that, but he's got Corals at five. Oh, sorry, I skipped over number six. He's got Dane at six, which is really interesting, dropping down from three to six. Um, you know, looking at Dane's recent history, if I was to go to his team, and I can look at Dane's schedule, which comes up right over, I have to remember his name, hurts and that. Uh, you know, the last few weeks, he's been on fire. He, week seven through 10, he scored 144, four, one hundred and forty. 6 and 142 and then a 116. So I don't know how you could put him that low with three consecutive 140 point games. He also had a 140 point game back in week 4. You know, if so if a team is scoring 140 points almost half of the weeks of the season, I don't see how you could have someone that low. So I, I disagree there in my power rankings. I still have Dane as my number 1 team, but Tyler has him at five, 6 for some reason. Number five, he has corals, which is really interesting because, as we keep saying, he has a pretty low points for, and you know what's really helped him a lot this season has been the them, sorry, has been the points against. Right? If I look at least points against, you have myself with a thousand and two, which is just crazy compared to uh, Russell's twelve eighty one, but they're right behind me at ten forty one. So they've been extremely lucky with points against. You know. You look at their ten forty one for points against versus uh, you know a Nate or maybe not, but a Scott at eleven sixty seven, or a Nate at twelve thirty five. Right? I mean, I don't know if I put them that high, given that in points four they are the fourth least scoring team in the league. Fifth, I mean, they're again they're less than or a little bit under a point uh, between Caniglio and Corals, but you know they're the fourth lowest scoring team in the league. Tough to put a team, I think, that high. I, I dropped them down to six in my rankings because I do think they have the ceiling to be a playoff team. It's just more so, you know, how they've actually performed. He has Noah at four, which I think is a huge leap from eight to four. Again, I've been a Noah believer. I've had him at, I've had him as my number seven team, I think, since week seven. Let me just confirm that. Uh, since week... Actually, I've had him as my number seven team since week six. And, you know, this was a great week. As I said earlier, it's a get-right week for him. He's getting things back in order. But I just don't... I, I have a tough time just putting him higher because of how little points he's actually been scoring every week. It's great to see his team getting healthier. But if you look at his last, you know, the, the, his past scoring, and I'll bring this up again, looking at his schedule... Uh, What's his team's name? His team's name is uh, Trey Lance Refrigeration. Right? I mean, his last week's where he's had, let's look, starting on week five or week six. Let's go week six. Or it was, since week six is when I had him at rank seven. And sorry, one more drink of water. Since week six, he's scored 97, 90, 132, 103, 156. So he's had two games over one 20 we'll call it 130 but three games under 110 so I just have a tough time putting him over that threshold when you know his wins he, his lows have been very low I mean he's had one two three four five call it five of 10 weeks have been under 100 points so you know Justin Fields is obviously a huge get and I think it gives the team a lot of momentum but I need to see a little bit more of, you know, Jones does not look great. I know he's, like, the number eight running back, but that Packers offense is just not running as it should be. That Saints offense is not running as it should be. Then his receivers are really hitting their floors versus their ceiling. So need to see a little bit more if I can put him before seven, but Siler has him at five. He then has—or, sorry, he has him at four. He then has Wyatt at three. Wyatt's still my number two team. and And maybe I'm just— it almost feels like maybe a sunk cost fallacy where I'm not willing to give up on dropping Wyatt down because I'd have to almost reimagine my entire rankings. But it's just it's it's just he's just had a tough break, Wyatt. I mean, since week four, he went on a huge four game winning streak, scoring one thirty two, one twenty four, one forty eight. Uh, and a 95, which I guess is a little lucky against Lee. He then scored a 164 two weeks later. His two losses have been sub 100. But, you know, he's had some few, a, a tough loss scoring 128 in a loss against uh, Brian in week two. Just seems like a team that is bound to make the playoffs. Maybe he sneaks in and just make a huge run, a huge splash, given the talent he has on his team. Number two, he has Scott. I have Scott as a top four team as well know with a tough week last week i still think he has the potential and the star power uh, i mean he went on a huge what is that two four six seven game win streak all scoring almost over 120 points every week he scored 153 99 which is a nice a nice win for him but then 141 133 132 148 and then 131 and a loss to wyatt the week after that like those are some high scoring games he had some guys on by and uh scott is it's going to be quite the battle to usurp him as the top of that division. And I could see him easily going in with the buy, with the number two seed, the number one seed, maybe even taking past me. And then at number one, Siler has myself. You know, I have myself at five. I think I said it earlier where I feel like my floor is just a little too low for where I would like it to be. But I can understand why you would have me that high. Uh, In the last four weeks, I've scored 118, 180, 132, and 161, which are just insanely high numbers. I also had a 154 back in week two. But like I said, I feel like I have a floor. You know, the 118 is not always a win. I I had a 106 loss, a 79 loss. I had a 114 win, a 103 win. So uh, not that I don't think my team is, is bad by any means. I mean, I have the most points for in the league now. And just the overall best record. I just think that I worry about my floor sometimes uh, as I race Dane for the end points for. So that's power rankings. Gonna quickly just go through my predictions for the week. You know, it's unfortunately we've had some Thursday games. Uh, First up, we've got Russell against Corals. Uh, Some nice games from the Packer receiver, Watson, 21 points, and Rodgers with a, a solid game, 21 points uh corals currently not with a full lineup projected to lose 132 to 106 gonna go with russell here just have to given what i already know next up we have wyatt against nate to me this just feels like a a get a get right game for wyatt you know get himself into that you know over 500 position in the league go six and five gonna go with wyatt here Next up, we have cor uh, not corals sorry we have Siler against Dane and I actually I have the historicals and uh I'll just do Siler against Dane really quick we wide against Nate who is uh Nate has won 10, 10. is up ten to three we also had Russell against corals and I have a meeting in ten minutes so that's why I'm just trying to steamroll through this Russell against corals corals up eight to seven. And then the matchup I was just saying was Dane against Siler. So let's look up that up. Dane against Siler. Uh, they're tied seven to seven. You know, tough game from Lazard. Really losing out in that number one position uh, receiver position. Dane, you know, not stretching to score too high. One twelve to one oh five. I do think Dane takes this one. Just overall better talent on the team. Next up we have Brian against Lee. Uh, This is a game where, you know, if Brian can eke out a win here, though, he's projected to lose 93-104. to If he can somehow eke out out a win here, he might be putting himself in a nice position to make the playoffs, though. Do we think it is deserved? Not sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian here. I think he he somehow pulls out the win. Next up, we have Scott against Noah. Uh, Pulling that up shortly... Noah projected to win, or Noah's historically up 7-5 to five in this series. Uh, Scott with a nice game from Derrick Henry, 26 points. Noah, unfortunately Aaron Jones, 11 points. Uh, gonna go with Scott here, 113-98, going with Scott. Lastly, you have myself against my, probably my biggest rival in the league in Caniglio in the number of times we've played, and he's he's had my number for a while. I'm up 13-4, to four, though. Uh, I believe I did win last time, so it's probably 13 to 5. I don't know. I think it updated. Uh, projections to win 116 to 111, of course, going to go with myself. That is it for y- everyone, folks. I hope uh, this audio came out okay as I'm recording on my phone, as I said, in a hotel in Boston uh you know tell me what you think of these one-man shows do you think i need a co-host uh i i I feel as though you know i was able to cover everything pretty quickly pretty effectively gonna be a tight 30-minute show give you all the news give you the the right insights and, uh, you know, we got, we got some stats with Steven lined up for December, and we got to reach out to Dane to get a show on the book so we can kind of finish off the league strong and finally get our last guest on. So, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Gelblatt, 2018 champion, signing off. Hoping you guys a fantastic Thanksgiving, a fantastic week. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk soon. Oh, thank you.